From mass shutdowns to job site safety concerns, the global pandemic has transformed construction as we know it. As the AEC community continues to navigate this unprecedented situation, we are sitting down with construction leaders from around the globe to hear how they're responding to these evolving circumstances. Welcome to STO Building Conversations, and episode one of the COVID-19 series. I'm here with Mike Ryan, who's Senior Vice President of Structure Tone Boston. Boston was one of the first cities or the first city in the U.S. to officially shut construction down. So we're going to talk today a little bit about what it was like to go first and what we've been learning through the process. So Mike, what was that like? What was it like to be first, not only within our organization, but in the country? I, you know, I, again, like, like everybody else, this was all new to us. So I think um, the first thing was the safety of our employees and the safety of our job sites. So the first thing we did was reach out to the landlords and let them know that we were shutting down the jobs, notifying our clients with all the right documentation, and then getting out to the job sites and doing complete walkthroughs with the clients to make sure we've shut down valves, made the job safe, got all the trash removed, make sure that the, the building was left in a clean fashion so that, you know, for a long period of time, and now we're six weeks into this, we didn't think it was going to be this long. We left it in a safe manner. Uh, and we documented that to our clients so that they felt comfortable about how their buildings were left. We're fortunate we do not have any outside sites. They're all owner-occupied buildings, so um, that made it a little easier. The buildings have stayed open during that period. Obviously, there's no tenants in the building, but it was it was pretty easy for us to do. Uh, it was good lessons learned, you know, for shutting down a job site, something we had really never done in that mass quantity before. So um, we were given instruction by the mayor that we had a week to get it shut down, and I think for the most part, we were shut down in three days in the city of Boston. Cambridge did stay open for a couple of weeks after that. And so what was the reaction? Um, you know, what were some of the challenges, I guess I should say, before the shutdown was official in terms of how clients, you know, were they already having people working from home or our subs and, you know, kind of the overall project community? How were folks feeling by the time the shutdown happened? Um, I think our clients sent people home probably quicker than the construction community. Obviously, the construction community is a hands-on business, so um, we probably were not as comfortable just shutting shutting down and sending people home, but we, we kind of did it over a phase period of time. Immediately, we identified employees that could work from home very easily, and we, we started that work-from-home process. We did have active sites still going on in Cambridge, uh, and obviously, our New Hampshire office never shut down. So, you know, we had to keep staff in the office during that period of time. So it was really a phased operation. The most important thing was getting the communication out to our clients and out to our staff that we were shutting down. But during that first initial few weeks, uh, myself and most of the other department heads were still coming to the office. Um, we obviously had a skeleton crew in there. But once we kind of got to the full shutdown, that's when we really you know, turn things down and people stop going to the office on a consistent basis. Up until that point, had the challenges of COVID-19 been affecting elements of the job like supply chain or materials delivery and that kind of thing? Not really. I think it was still, um, you know, I, I think we were all kind of a little bit of just in, I don't even want to use the word denial, but I don't think any of us thought that it was really going to happen uh, as quickly as, and the shutdown was as abrupt as it was. So, uh, I don't think we felt the supply chain just yet, and 
quite frankly, I'm not sure we fully understand where the supply chain is right now, just because of um, our subcontractor community and, and how comfortable or not comfortable we are with how much work they're doing, staying on top of their own supply chains, both both kind of first tier, second tier, and third tier. So how can you walk me through how you do shut down a site safely? You know, and, and how you work with the building itself, you know, the, the landlords and the owners and what they're doing on their end versus the project side? Yeah, so so we uh, obviously create a list uh, of, of all the important things to do. So um, simple things like getting all the trash out of the job so that there's no trash left on the job, having all the trades organize their work areas and their supply areas, um, cleaning the site making sure the bathrooms are clean, making sure that all the valves are turned off and safed off, um, making sure that stairway doors are closed, making sure electrical panels are locked off, um, making sure there's clear pathways. If, if there was ever an incident where the fire department came to the building, that there was no you know, blockage for them to get through, the, through to the site uh, to deal with a, an incident possibly from a fire. And then at the very end, we take the building engineer um, and walk him through it piece by piece, trade, you know, whatever trade items we dealt with. And mostly they're concerned with the mechanical systems, HVAC, electric, plumbing, and sprinkler to make sure that those areas are all safe off. Because if there could be an incident, those would be the areas where you would have a problems. And then obviously trash and fire prevention are a big part of that also, making sure that's all been removed from the building and that this proper sign is left up to notify people that there's nobody on site. And I would imagine, especially because Boston took such um, quick and sort of stringent measures overall, not just in construction, that there weren't really a lot of people in those buildings while you guys were going through that process. Yeah, they, the buildings were vacated pretty quickly, so that did make it a little easier. Um, you know, that is when people, I will say, you asked earlier about what was the impact. I think there was a little bit of an impact where people were getting a little nervous about how close they should be to each other and you know, getting on elevators. At that time, the um, advent of wearing a mask was not as prevalent as it is now. So I think back then people were a little bit more cautious in the social distancing. So I do think there was some, some struggles with that and people were a little concerned about that as we went through that process. Mm-hmm. So what's been happening then? You, know, you guys, as you said, basically shut down all your sites within three, four days. What have you been working on in those last six weeks? I've probably spent more time with my uh, department heads than I ever have, uh, you know, mostly through go-to meetings and phone calls, really, you know, from chasing work and making sure we're being competitive and we're staying on top of what's out there for opportunity and and being aggressive and trying to win opportunity and then creating back-to-work plans, both for the field and the office. Spent a lot of time on that. That's a continuous thing. I'm chairing a committee with five or six other people in the office for our back to work committee. Um, and some of the things that we've come up with and talked about are all new to all of us. So, you know, we're constantly asking ourselves the what ifs could happen and really trying to come up with plans to make sure that we're doing the right thing to make the employees feel welcome back in the office, to make sure that the subcontractors and our own people feel safe on site. So that's kind of our most important thing. Structure Tone as an organization has done a great job of keeping us connected corporately. There's lots of webinars and, and opportunities for learning uh, that I've that taken advantage of, reaching out to clients, design firms, uh, owner reps, seeing where they are. 
the subcontractor community, especially, I've stayed close to them. They they really got an ear to the rail when it comes to hearing back from the government and what's going on. And um, you know, everybody has their own connection, so you try to reach out to a wide web of people to get as much information as you can. Uh, it, it's it's frustrating for all of us people who like to go to work and deal with issues every day. We don't have active projects, so that's probably the toughest thing for us is that we just don't have active projects going on to deal with. So it's it's just staying on top and being prepared to go back to work. And I, I think we're in a very, very good place. We had to make sure that we went out and got all the proper PPE, cleaning products, both for the field and the office. So, you know, there was supply chain issues with that. So that stuff is starting to come in now, which makes me feel a lot more confident that we're ready to go back to the job sites and perform our job professionally and safely so that the employees, our employees, subcontractors, the owners, the clients, the tenants in the building all feel safe working in and around a structured tone project. Speaking of that, um, I know the mayor or the governor haven't really said a hard date on when construction will reopen. What are you hearing? So a letter came out that is a little bit confusing, uh, where essential work, according to the state of Massachusetts, and construction is part of that, but there's definitions within that, um, that they're going to start work um, on the 18th. Uh, and the 26th. So we're, we're hoping that we may be part of the 26th date, but honestly, sitting here today, I don't have a real good answer. The letter's a little confusing. We've reached out um, to the city to, to get a little clarification on it, but you know, that would be my hope that we're back on the 26th or shortly thereafter, the, you know, the first week in June. So it's funny that Boston was the first to shut down, but it's looking like we'll be one of the last to yes, reopen. Yes. In in that interim, you know, when you guys were first, um, were other were some of our colleagues in other offices reaching out to you as it, you know as it was looking like their cities were going to shut down? Were they reaching out to you to talk about how you guys handled it? Yeah, we we had shared all of our shutdown plans with all the other offices. Um, I mostly communicate with the regional offices: Philadelphia, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut and obviously Boston. So, we, you know, we passed on those plans. We've shared all of our shutdown plans, our back-to-office plans, our back-to-work plans on the site. Uh, we've done a lot of sharing between those five offices over the past five or six weeks. I'm on a phone call twice a week with that with all those staffs. So we share a lot of information. So it's been very, very beneficial. I think one of the things that, that we try to do is we have our weekly call with our employees. We have the newsletter. So I think that was something that a lot of the others took advantage of. Again, trying to stay as connected as we can with the entire staff. I think, you know, our, our department heads have done a good job of staying in touch with their staff on a daily and weekly basis by dealing with the job issues and, you know, keeping things moving as they can. But obviously, from a leadership standpoint, Dave Kempton and myself want to make sure that the employees feel like they're hearing from us and, you know, they feel like they can reach out to us if they've got an issue or a concern that they'd like us to address. Now, on the flip side, you know, particularly in that group, you mentioned those cities, Philadelphia went back to work May 1st. Are you doing the same thing where you're kind of monitoring with them how it's going, what they did to prepare and all that? Yeah, I, I, we actually talked to Dermot Kelly yesterday. And one of my biggest concerns is the temperature taking and how that went. He said he has a combination of his staff superintendents taking temperature. In some cases, it is the, the building is taking the temperature. So I think that is probably the one thing that we're all mostly concerned about is how that taking temperature down on a loading dock and how people are getting in and out of the building. 
how people are using elevators. You know, everybody has a different way of, of accessing buildings. So, you know, if it's a smaller building, most of the trades will probably want to walk up the floor. So things like that, that's where we're really picking his brain. And then if there's an incident on site, I mean, we've had a lot of lessons learned from what to do when something happens and there's been an incident. And similarly, as you did for the shutdown plans, it sounds like you guys are all kind of working from a playbook, so to speak, of, of a startup, like a checklist and protocols and that kind of thing. Yeah, we um, corporate did, have, did a corporate plan. And then each office has done their own back to work for the job sites. And then even from the job sites, each job site is different. So every job site has its own back to work plan. And then we have our back to work plan for the office, which um, we did initially. It's now it's evolving based on what we've gotten from corporate. I just got one from the Connecticut office yesterday that is, is very well done. So we're going to use some pieces and parts from that in our plan. Um, so yeah, again, all of this has been a, a learning curve. People, everybody has good ideas. So we're we're using good ideas wherever we can, no matter where they come from. Um, employees, other offices, clients. Kristen Poulin has done a great job reaching out to her connections in the Cornet community. Um, to find out what other corporations are doing, um, things that they're bringing to the table, things that they're doing for their employees. Um, so we've really taken advantage of a lot of information from a lot of different places to develop our plans. That kind of um, communication and sharing and lessons learned and all that seems to be one of the benefits that's sort of come out of this, that it's it's been augmented a little. From everything that you're hearing like that and from what you're seeing yourself, what do you think will be some of the lasting impacts that this will have on construction or on commercial real estate as a whole? Well, I think that um, just looking at some of the plans that we're getting from the building owners, two things are going to change initially. It's going to become a little bit more expensive because um, things are going to take longer, especially during this period of time where we're, you know, we're still going through this. Um, there's, there's different spacing on the job sites. People are wearing masks. People are wearing gloves. So construction is going to slow down a little bit. People are going to come to the building at different times. There's going to be different shifts. There's going to be more weekend work. One of the things that is interesting, when we come back into the cities, um, at least in Boston and from some of the clients that I've talked to, we're going to come back to empty buildings. So that is going to be a little bit different. So that may make us able to work a little bit more efficiently um, because the noise issues and the dust issues that we deal with a fully occupied building may not be quite as strict when we first come back. So I think everything is going to be phased. We're phasing trades back on the job. It's a learning curve. Um, you want to move slow. You want to make sure that people feel like they're in a safe place. So, you know, I, I just think for an industry that is used to just pushing and, you know, wanting to get on the job and move things quickly, we're all going to have to be a little bit more cautious and take a step back and you know, analyze each situation, each project differently and make sure that we're compensating for this new COVID world that we're, we're all going to be working in. Mm. Are you ready to go back? I'm ready to go back. I'm ready <laughs> to go back, yes. Ready to not have so many video calls? Yeah, ready to have video calls. And, uh, you know, but I, I, have, uh, I have got a lot of things done at home to, in, the, in the interim when I'm not meeting. So I can't sit still, so I'm always doing something. Yeah, good. We'll see how it goes. I know you guys have really robust safety plans and procedures all in place, so. Yeah, we're ready to go. Ready. We're ready to go. We just, uh, again, like I said earlier, we, we want to make sure we do it in a safe manner and all those involved feel like they're working on a safe job site at Structure Tone. Okay. 
Well, we'll check back with you in another six weeks and see if you're back on site yet. <laughs> Great. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thanks, it. Mike. Take care. Okay. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can find STO Building Conversations on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Structure Tone website.